You're listening to the teaching of Calvary Paris. For more information, go to www.calvaryparis.com. So, uh, this evening we're going to share about what we're doing and, and how we got there. And kind of a whole recap for everyone because I know there's a lot of people that we've been gone for two, three quarters of the year. Um, but first I want to read a verse. And then I'm going to pray. And so in Galatians chapter 3, where we've been studying on Sunday morning, the Lord's really been speaking to me through Galatians, but Galatians 3, verse 8. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing. Share, we get to talk, we get to hang out with the church family. God, I pray you would just lead me and guide me in my words and help me to preach truth and, and just share whatever whatever you want me to share, Lord God. So uh, the, that was like Exodus 12, like not 12, Genesis 12, and the, the promise was, was given to Abraham that all the nations would be blessed. And that blessing is not comfort, it's not riches, it's not any of the material worldly things that, that God has for the other nations that, that wasn't the purpose. He wants them to know him. He wants to be reconciled with his people, and, and that's the gospel that we need to be sharing and taking through the world. And I'm trying to run before I talk for the next two hours. Um, so we're going to go through a little slideshow just to catch everyone up to where we are. Correct me when I'm wrong. Um, so the first slide we have this evening is the picture that everyone's seen on our card. Uh, that's Ezra on the far right, my wife, beautiful wife Sarah, Susan, Susan, and myself. Um, Easter of 2019, and now we look like this. <laughs> There's a couple more. Uh, there are two children. Laura is in my arms with the face. Soren is right down there in the middle. And our um, her mother got to visit us uh, for a couple months this past year uh, because of the birth of Soren. Um, so we have two children that were born in Japan. That was fun. Uh, they are still Americans. They they one one American mom, one American dad, equals one American baby. So math is super simple. It's super cool. So um, this is uh, actually taken right in front of where we meet for church. We meet in a community center uh, and it has this really cool cherry blossom tree that's super big, super huge, super awesome. So we take most of our group pictures in front of it. So you'll see another one that may look familiar. So let's see what's on the next slide. <laughs> yep, so next one. So we, um, so in 2019, um, April, the Lord pressed on my heart like really hard and said two things, go to Japan and urgently. And uh, so this is Japan. It's the little small one. It's not China. It's not Korea. It's not Taiwan. It's if you uh, head west from California, you're going to hit Hawaii if you're lucky. And if you keep going, you're going to hit Japan, which is a tiny little island, half the size of Texas, uh, has five times the population of Texas. That's uh, a lot of people, small place. Um, 
So after the Lord gave me the call, he, he wasn't real specific where, how, when. He left a lot for us to figure out. Um, so we took a, a week praying about it and fasting and trying to seek the Lord's will to see where he had. We, we sought wisdom from Phil at the time and um, some other people. But, but the Lord really confirmed it a, a real, real well a couple different times. One of them I just want to share, a, hopefully an encouraging story. Um, we were outside picking weeds out of our flower bed and, and just talking about we just bought a house the year prior. And um, we had a van and, and our you know life, job everything uh and and I, we're talking about it and a white van drives up and, and pulls up and asks is there a three-bedroom two-bathroom house for rent in this neighborhood and i was like no but let me get your information um so i got our information and um we tried to sell the house all summer long and never sold and i was about to put a for rent sign up and i texted the lady real quick and, and she said yeah no, i'm looking for a place to rent so she came over in 20 minutes and uh, agreed to our price. And the, the renter that God gave us that first week of the call is still living in our house right now. So that's super cool. Like, I, I, that's confirmation as far as confirmation goes. And she's pretty awesome. Uh, and she's pretty awesome. She loves the Lord, and it's good. It's good stuff. God put it together. God definitely orchestrated it and put it together. Um, so we, we looked at a couple different ways to get to, to Japan. Uh, we first, because I worked all my whole life, so I tried to find a job, but because I don't speak Japanese, uh, it's very hard to get a job if you don't speak Japanese. So then I tried to do a student visa. Um, they said I couldn't bring any dependents, so my wife and my children couldn't come if I got a student visa, so we ended up on a religious visa as missionaries. Um, we were initially received by a church that said yes to us. We emailed a whole lot of churches trying to find a way to get there. Um, and one church said yes, and, and the town of Scuba, which I'll sh which is the next slide, which is up there. So right at the bottom of uh, this this bluey area is Tokyo, and then just kind of northeast of there is the city of Scuba. Don't remember the name; we're not there anymore. But it was it was a nice place to live. Um, oh, and we talked to a couple sending agencies because it's kind of like the normal way that you go into the missions field. But they said it'd be like two years of fundraising plus six months of classes plus we might send you to you know the philippines or you know india so we were like well that's not the way we're going so so we're, we're kind of different kind of missionaries um so we moved to scuba and we spent the whole year there um as missionaries under a presbyterian church uh we uh, i quickly got into trouble um reading the bible with another member at the church so we we figured out something was weird very, very soon, so it didn't get much better from there. Um, so we were praying, and I was applying for jobs, trying to get off of that visa to just stay there, um, apply for jobs every every month, trying, trying to find where the Lord would have. And he held that door shut. We were looking for open doors. He held it shut, and we uh, interviewed with a couple churches and tried to find another place to be, but uh, 2020 was a hard year. It's not a great year for missionaries. Uh, can't go out and see people, can't talk to people, but there's a lot that we could learn, and and the Lord really pressed on my heart that I just have to read the word with people. I have to teach people. I have to share with people because I was doing it when I was asked not to do it. So that's just how it goes. Um, so we were there for a year. Uh, and then finally, uh, November, there was a pastor's con uh, Calvary Chapel pastor conference and leadership conference. And I got invited because we went and visited and I kind of talked to a couple other Calvary chapels that just didn't have a need or room for a missionary. They had missionaries or 
or, or staff or whatever. Um, and I went to this conference and the first night I met a dad and his son who were looking for a pastor for their church. They wanted to be a Calvary Chapel. They were just kind of a new thing that evolved out of um, the coronavirus thing. And, and I said, oh, cool, I'm a missionary looking for a place to be. But I don't want to be there. So, so uh, I don't really want to be a pastor. It's, that doesn't sound fun. I don't mind reading the Bible with people and sharing the word with people. And, and, but I don't know about pastors. So that night, I, I really wrestled with the Lord. And I finally said to, to him, you know, as, as you do, if you want this to happen, you have to bring it back up. Because I don't want to pursue this. I don't want to seek after it. I don't want to, like, I don't want to seek it. So at the end of the week, no one ever brought it back up. And they had found someone else. It was someone else's open door. Cool, great, no big deal. We're still interviewing with some churches in the country. Just uh, north, kind of where there's the kind of mountainy symbol. Um, that town is called Sakura. It has one one church for 50,000 people. So we're trying to find a way up there. Or Chikse, which is kind of west of there. Oh, right, right there at the top. Um, that one has a couple churches, but we're interviewing with a guy there. Um, but about a month after that pastor's conference, about a month before our one-year visa expired, <laughs> kind of down to the line, uh, that pastor that was kind of helping start this church um, called me and said, hey, your name came up in two different conversations with two different people. Are you interested in teaching two or three times a week or a month at, at this this little um, startup Calvary Chapel thing? And I was like, yeah, I don't mind, but my visa's about to expire. So if you got uh, my pastor's information, called Justin a while ago, and uh, they apparently thought it was an okay idea. Uh, so the first time I taught there was Christmas service of 2020. Yeah, and um, been teaching there ever since. So we're helping start a little Calvary Chapel church in Funabashi. Look, there's a larger red area closer to Tokyo, which is the opposite direction of where I wanted to go into the country. Um, <laughs> So we're in the town that's directly east of Tokyo. Uh, it is so close to Tokyo that Tokyo Disneyland is in our city. So that's how close we are to Tokyo. It's oh, six or 700,000 people. It's a small town in Japan. Um, we live kind of actually real close to where the arrow's pointing, which is on the outskirts. It's, as you can see, kind of a green scale. We're, we're kind of on the edge of the city and the country, which is nice. They really do think that they're small. They don't think they're big. Yeah, Tokyo. because they compare themselves to Tokyo. Yeah, they just have two two-story houses everywhere and giant apartment buildings by the stations. They don't have the huge skyscrapers in the area we're in. Um, yeah, you're fine. Um, so we're in Funabashi now. Yeah, we're gonna move on to what everyday life is like, um, and we'll come back to the church church stuff here in a little bit. Um, so we can go to the next there. That's our house. It does not normally snow. That was the one or two times it snowed this past couple of years. Uh, we have this wonderful place. Um, I think this was the day that Thorn was born because it starts snowing or the day before, but yeah. Um, next slide. We just have a house. It's, it's nice. We re initially went, we're renting a house. We initially arrived at a apartment that was like really small, 50 square meters. It's tiny, itsy bitsy. <laughs> Um, this is my, where I normally work because we don't have a building yet, so I, I, it has a nice little office and a view of the city, and those are houses in the background, not anything else. Um, interesting. Um, so next slide. This is my daughter's school. So we have four kids. Uh, 
The two eldest are in public school, which is all in Japanese. This is the elementary school. Um, she walks to school. If you go to the next slide, um, everyone walks to school mostly. Uh, they wear the yellow backpack tags uh, for first year, so you can identify which ones you know you want to keep an extra eye out for. Uh, she goes to f complete Japanese language school, so it's been hard. It's been real hard. Um, for her and for us. We have a lot of stuff to translate because they don't send anything home in English. Uh, next slide. And so this is her in the, what they call it the Genken in the entrance um, where they put their shoes because you have to change shoes. Oh, I don't normally teach in shoes. I thank you for allowing me to wear shoes today. Um, so you switch to your indoor shoes. Um, yeah, so, I, so, so it's been hard. And it's been really hard for her, but she's been doing really good. The first year, God blessed us with a teacher that spoke English a little bit, so she could help her out on the side. Um, and then they had also contracted a, a person from the, the city hall to come and try to do one-on-one -on -one lessons with her on Wednesdays, like an hour or so, to try to help her to get into the language. They're not really well equipped for foreigners that don't speak the language at all. So we have this wonderful uh, lady that blesses us, and she meets with Ezra once a week a little bit of Lincoln, obviously, here, to do Japanese classes after school on Monday so she can learn. They're, they're doing kind of practical stuff here in, in these pictures, cooking and baking, because those are, those are words that we just don't have. I mean, they're just hard. They're just not everyday words. So they meet right now on Zoom for an hour, hour and a half every week to try to help get her language up, because she's, now she's in the second grade. The teacher doesn't speak any English, and um, she's falling behind a little bit. So we're going to do a couple things this next semester to try to fix that. The next picture is a happy picture. Her name is Kyoko. She's a, a believer um, that we met through some other believing friends. She's pretty cool. She has a heart to serve. Um, so Lincoln goes to kindergarten. He is about to turn six. The kindergarten goes a little bit later slash they have a different school year. So you know how everyone's just went back to school and changed grades? Well, they're not going to do that till March, April. Like the, the school years just change at different times. We got a month off for summer break, but they're going to go back and she's, everyone's going to be in the same grade they were in. So things are just different. Uh, this is uh, his class last year, the, the second grade of kindergarten. Uh, he's the one with the blonde hair. I don't know if you know what he <laughs> the, the yellow, if you can't, you can't tell. Um, um, this is his teacher, Nana. They, she was a wonderful teacher. She tried a little bit with the English. And then when I took him for the first day, there's a little girl who looks uh, not as Japanese as the rest, She's in a blue jacket in the very back by the teacher. Um, her name is Michelle, and her uh, she's an English speaker. And so when I walked in, there was a little English-speaking friend that was like guiding him around and helping him. And then the mom saw me, and she's like, oh, I speak English. If you ever need help, please ask me. So we've become very good friends. So God's blessed us in both of the schools with at least one English-speaking parent and a friend for our kids. Well, Ezra doesn't have an English-speaking, but some people that have just like befriended and come alongside her and help her. Yeah, it's been really cool to see who God has placed in our path. Uh, so this is his first year, and then the next slide hopefully is his second year. Yeah, so this is his new class. Uh, the, we, we chose the kindergarten because they're not mandatory, but we can still go and the, the city still pays for them. Um, 
This one's cool because they have, so, so kindergarten's different in Japan. They don't teach letters or alphabet or reading or math. They teach social skills, how to interact with other kids, how to share, how to, how to do jobs, cleaning and serving and stuff. Life skills. Life skills, socialization skills. Um, so this one also had a large area outside that had lots of dirt and water. This is not that area. Uh, they had animals, rabbits, chickens, and, and we, we come from the country, so we used to have animals and chickens. So it really, really sung to our hearts, so we put them in there um, by God's grace because there was only one spot open, and that was, that was really, what a coincidence, but I don't believe in coincidences. Uh, so, so they also have a potato field, and this is their rice field. So they teach them kind of like normal agricultural skills. We are kind of on the edge of the country. So they go through the, the rice field before it's flooded and planted and break up all the dirt and flood it a little bit so that it turns into this really thick slurry. So he's learning how to farm in Japan and in kindergarten. So it's going real well. And it's a lot of fun. He's again the blonde one. I don't know if anyone can tell, but he's the blonde one. Um, We'll He'll point it out to us when we're watching, like, the because of coronavirus, they record their things. And so he's like, I'm the blonde one. I'm the one with the blonde hair. It's like, thank you. Thank you. Good to know. I, I didn't, I wasn't sure. So next slide. Um, this is uh, one of the festivals uh, that they do that really doesn't have much anything similar that, that we do. But they write little wishes on this tree and, and hang it on a little piece of bamboo. Uh, there's a lot of holidays that are not Christian-based, if you can imagine, um, that we get to navigate through and talk to the kids about. Lincoln School is also right next to where we meet for church. And so God has placed us, he's given us a community center and people that are right there. And then the school that we interact with a lot to pick up Lincoln is right there. So God has really specifically placed us right where we are in so many ways. They also allow us to borrow their parking lot on Sundays, which is super nice because literally everything is coin parking. You can't, there aren't just free parking spots in the city where we are. No, no free parking. Uh, next slide. So we have a good relationship. I've asked if we could have church there. He said no. So, uh, so then again, she was just talking about community and after school, we, they stay and hang out and play and uh, there's a park real close by. Japanese houses are very small or you live in an apartment so you don't have a yard. So the culture is to go out into the parks. So it really pushes us into the community. Yeah, it's super cool. And you, it's, it's a good time to talk to English speakers. <laughs> Find those people, hey, uh, hey, let me, let me. So it's been really, really fun uh, and encouraging to, to share because it, it gives you intentional time that they can't get away. I mean, uh, that, that you have... To, to talk to and we got some some good stories uh, but yeah we'll keep going uh, so we're in Japan not everything looks like everything looks around here uh, brick buildings are real real not common um, there are earthquakes I don't know if you guys know what those are but they're they make the buildings move and everything when loud cars go by and they rattle your windows and floors it's kind of similar um, so uh, the gentleman right in the middle of the corner is our neighbor from across the street. He speaks uh, about two words of English, which is Japan and baseball. He's a <laughs> he's an 84 year old man, and he just uh, he was born before the end of World War II, and and they didn't have English in the schools at that point in time, and he just doesn't know anything. But he comes over. He's really super friendly. He comes over and and plays with the kids, and 
I share a little bit with him as much language as I have. Uh, it's slow going. He won't share with me because he, he's like, ah, mama, no Nihongo. I have no, I have no Japanese. You have not. So he was always looking for papa, papa. <laughs> so he can talk to him. So I, I do speak. Pro- Lincoln, Lincoln probably speaks the most Japanese out of all of us. I probably speak the second most and Ezra the third. And then maybe a lot, I mean, Kara. Um, just, it's, it's hard, it's hard going. Uh, so the next slide, uh, there's just different different cool aspects. They're just, the culture is very different. And then go to the next slide. So so one day was Kids Day. It's another holiday that we just don't observe. And, and so this um, nice, wonderful neighbor took our kids on an adventure and took them to go have sushi. And uh, they're eating kakigori uh, snow cones there at this kind of old Japanese village. He showed up and asked if they wanted to go out to eat or something. But he doesn't have much English. He doesn't have in- any English, so it was whatever we could understand. And that was the rest of the day. I did not see them. He took them really on an we're, adventure. We were gone for like six to eight hours. Like it was. Someone uh, he sent a message to another Japanese friend, and uh, she thought he was in trouble, that he needed help. <laughs> and so I got alerted, and then they were trying to find him, and his phone was dying, and but everything was fine. But it was just. So Google bit. Translate kind of works okay <laughs> but it's not perfect so i translate things and send them to people and there are sometimes misunderstandings so <laughs> she was really confused because she's you like you can't joke either they you know, different culture so she's like i thought if anyone an 84 year old couldn't kidnap jed i mean there's just no way <laughs> No, okay. Uh, so next slide. So so we're making friends in the neighborhood and hanging out and just trying to figure things out because it's a whole different culture. Um, so we're also helping plant a Calvary Chapel Church. This is our logo and our name. It says the same thing on either side if, if you want to take notes. Um, uh, and we'll go next slide. So this is our church family in March. It has shrunk a little bit since that picture. Uh, Carrie's in it, so that there's the the, the blonde one that, that she doesn't she doesn't belong. Um, she's, she's done, it's just different. Um, it's right now uh, we're mostly Japanese. I think our family's the only English speaker, except for one guy from Singapore, but he speaks a whole lot of Japanese. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're planting a Japanese church. Super interesting fun. Uh, the Lord, and I, I can't, we definitely cannot do this without the Lord and his leading and guiding because so, so one of the problems of going into the country to try to plant a church to try to, to minister to people is I don't have the language. So the Lord provided two uh, translators that were more than willing and had done it previously to help us out. So the way the church looks every week, I kind of pause there and uh, um we do worship. Sometimes they're in English. Sometimes they're in Japanese and English. Sometimes it's English, Japanese, English, Japanese. It just kind of depends on the song and how the musicians uh, want to do it. Um, and then uh, we go into a prayer time, and then we I teach a message for about an hour. But because of translation, I speak for about 30 minutes, and they translate for about 30 minutes, so they're really not long. You won't get very deep into much and... Uh, we have a children's ministry that goes on at the same time. We've been kind of struggling and juggling with that because we're doing English, Japanese, English, Japanese. And so we, the number of volunteers you need to try to run a bilingual church is more than we really have. So it's kind of ended up in Japanese right now. 
um, with some wonderful volunteers that we can't do this without. It's just wonderful volunteers. Uh, you can go to the next slide to see, I think, children's ministry. This is some of the worship team. Yeah, children's ministry. Uh, they are on tatami mat floors, kind of these straw mats um, on really low tables, and it's just the culture. It's just the norm. You take your shoes off, and this is, this is it. Um, volunteers teaching. That's what children's ministry looks like. And it's then, actually our house sitter, too, that was yeah. teaching. <laughs> Um, you can go to the use our people. next one. So then uh, we hang out after service. We have lunch together. It's a very normal thing to have lunch kind of together. Uh, I th think it happens at all the churches, but I don't know. I haven't been around very much. It's typically an all-day event. Yeah, all, all day, till five or so. Um, you can go to the next one. So we, everyone brings food, and we just pull up and eat and share, and then we do a little Bible study afterwards, usually about the message or... Uh, sometimes that's when I'll teach like baptism classes. I did that once last year for our one baptized person. Um, yeah, so trying to figure, and everything kind of gets crammed on Sundays. So the culture in Japan is very different. We have a lot of free time in America. I don't know if you don't feel like you have free time, but you have a lot of free time. Trying to meet on a Wednesday, no one can come. Um, and so trying to find a time that people are free and available to meet has all kind of ended up on Sundays for right now. Uh, some churches do Friday nights and Sundays and Sunday nights, and it's we're still trying to figure things out and trying things out. Um, but yeah, everything ends up on Sunday because they're so people are so busy in Japan. They commute for an hour or two to work. They work 8, 10, 12 hours, and they come home, and they you just don't see husbands generally. I can go to the next slide. So we're doing uh, CCF, CCFF events. I'll let Kara talk about this one. Um, this is the second ladies day of refreshing that we did. My mom spoke and, um, this is some, the one, so I'm, you can see who I am right next to me is Yoko. She's our, uh, one of our translators. She is an amazing woman of God that from the time we met her, she has just been like, how can I support you? What can I do for you? She's gone with me to my, um, Baby appointments just help us with anything we need. She is right there. Some drama goes down at church. She's calling, are you okay? Do you, and, she just, and she speaks words of wisdom into us, helps us to, she says I help her be calm, but she helps us, I think, also to keep the right perspective as well. So she's a great team. She's part of, anyway. Um, right above her is Ritsuko. Um, she's the other translator. And she's also been super helpful and a part of our lives and been with me to doctor appointments too. I had two babies in Japan. <laughs> Lots of doctor visits. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Then they, so we have some people from our church. I just wanted to mention the, the translators because they're also awesome amazing. And then we have some people who come uh, that are in the neighborhood. So when we have these events, they're not all here when we took the picture, but there were some other people that are just like either Japanese and they're curious. And so we invite them in and they come and listen. And so I think my mom taught and Ritsuko translated them. Yeah, Ritsuko translated the message. And um, we didn't get to talk to the lady afterwards. She had to run off for her kids, but just I could see her as she was listening. Like she was just, it spoke to her. Um, I haven't been able to touch base because she was actually a contact of this other woman here on the end. So. Um, 
it's a small gathering, but it's we're, we can see seeds being planted as we do these things. Oh, Naoko, Naoko in the middle at the top, she, um, do you wanna talk about her? Okay, um, she, she came to uh, our our first event, was Christmas event? That was an outreach. Okay, I'm confused, but um, she came to it. And she hadn't been able to go to church because of um, coronavirus or her son. Okay, her son has special needs. See, I need to talk. So <laughs> and. Uh, so she has a special needs um, boy about five or six years old. Um, he's non-communicative and he's been kind of a handful and she'd been taking him to a church to put him into kind of youth ministry or kids ministry, whatever you want to call it. Um, and she kind of has to stay there and help manage him and help him out. And then going into main service after that, she just couldn't keep him in main service because he's disruptive. And so they just go home. So she hadn't been able to go to church for a real long time. Um, and some of our, our volunteers help with him. They have special needs training, and, and he's been doing, actually, he's been really doing much better since um, he first got there. He's looking at you, and he can hear and respond to you. His, he's got therapy that's, that's really helping. Um, so she's one of the ladies that came because of the, our outreach events. Yeah. So keep going because I'm looking at the clock tick. Uh, so uh, we, this was part of our, we, we are a fairly musical group, not me, everyone else. Um, and so we do a concert for outreach because everyone likes music. There's a lot of older people in the neighborhood we are and they're, they're just at home, um, not doing much. There's a couple schools nearby, so we invite uh, just about anybody and everybody. We printed up like 450 flyers and dropped them off in people's uh, mailboxes to just to advertise for the place. And for, if you go to the next slide, uh, this is me packaging cookies and tracks to hand out to people after that first event or that first-ish Christmas event. I did 150 of them. We gave out all but like 20. So it was a pretty good turnout. And that was for Christmas 2021. I don't know if anyone remembers what 2021 was like, but it was really incredible. We had like over 100 people at this tiny little event area that came. It just was really cool. Yeah. Next slide. Uh, the kids practice, and they they got together with uh, unbelievers to practice. So they did the nativity scene with some other moms and children in the neighborhood uh, to put on the production, which was really cool. So it gave a lot of the Japanese speaker believing Japanese believers time to hang out with non-Japanese believers to to talk to them and share with them and like, why are we doing this play about this baby? Like, is it's good. We're just planting seeds wherever we can, however we can. Can go to the next one. So we did our, our candlelight with all the kids. That so like a third of those might be kids at our church. That's that's a really big, cool thing. Um, all right, next slide. Uh, so we also did an Easter event. Uh, that's Naoko again, and her son came, um, and we had a couple kids from the neighborhood, and we met a couple of new families, and people wandered by. What are you doing? And and just just sharing the gospel with people and telling them. What is the Easter story? Why are there eggs? We don't know why there's eggs, <laughs> but we tell them about Jesus. Um, and the next picture is kids running. So you can see um, some of, actually some of Luke uh, Lincoln's friends from school came too. So it's just a good time just to get people out and talk to them. It's about relationship. It's about community. It's about trying to share with them and, and making yourself available for those conversations. Um, next slide. 
Um, we also have a little bit of fun for baby showers. Um, you go next slide. So we also hang out for other Calvary chapels to do things. Uh, we're the only one in the state of Chiba, which is where we're living right now. It's called a prefecture, but it's kind of like a state. Um, the other ones are on the other side of Tokyo from us. So these all, all these events are with um, Calvary Chapel Fuchu or Tokorozawa, which is the closest to, which is like two and a half hours away. Um, so you can go next slide. We went to a family camp on the beach, and it was just two churches, the Calvary Chapel Fuchu and our, ours, that got together and just hung out and taught and worshipped and and just were really recharged last year during the spring because the water. This, we, this was also within. This was on the east coast of Japan, so it, it was. You can see the sun come up, and it's the sun that comes up on the new day. So everyone went out. Everyone that was awake at that hour went out to the to watch the sun come up, and it was, it was a fun time. Next slide. We also got together, and I got to share in the park at this park event they've been doing for years, and that's um, Pastor Santo, uh, who's translating for me. Uh, he's been there 20-plus years and has a church, which translates into English, West Tokyo is where his church is and what it's called, Nishi Tokyo. Uh, and then the next picture is the people that are sit, sat gathered. Some of most of them are church, but it's a really good opportunity for people to bring out other people to hang out. And then afterwards, we played football, badminton, volleyball. Kids ran around, biked, scooted, um, everything. So it was a good time just to invite other friends and and non-believers out to have conversations and talk to them about stuff that they don't normally have an opportunity to talk about. You can go to the next slide. Cool. Any slides after that? Perfect. So um, the challenges that we have is language. It's really a big challenge, if you can imagine. Uh, I speak a little bit slowly, day by day. I get a little bit more, but it's it's not quick. It's not fast. Uh, in scuba, I went to about six months of language training school. Coronavirus happened. Made that one a little weird. Um, but when we moved, there's not a school within an hour, hour and a half of us. So that's made things difficult and, and different. Um, the culture is very different, uh, whereas you just have Wednesday nights off to go go to church or you know whenever it is they are just so busy they fill their time with with piano practice and sports and and computer programming and they, their weeks are just so full and they replace like relationship with experience and there's a very big danger in doing that the dads are always gone most of our church is made up of moms because the dads are non-believers or don't like aren't social or are working because the, the schools are the, the teachers work like all weekends is the excuse that I get for one of the dads or one of the husbands or however you want to talk about that. Uh, there's also a lot of cults. Uh, there are what are called new Japanese cults. So anything that any new religion that has been created since World War II is considered a new cult. Uh, there's more than I, I, you would imagine. And, and I know at least two different um, people that I've met that are part of these new cults and stuff like that. So they kind of just take a little bit of Buddhism, a little bit of Shinto, and a little bit of Christianity and, and kind of mix it all up. They don't, they're, they just don't know the truth. They don't have any foundation. And so when something sounds good, they kind of grab onto it. And they're, they're not, their culture says 
that when you're born, you have like Shinto ceremonies and you get your baby blessed at the Shinto shrine. And, and more within the last 20 years, when you get married, you get married in a Christian style wedding. And then when you die, you have a Buddhist style funeral. And so they're, they're not like a single religion. And if anything, they're going to add a bunch of gods to the gods they already worship. So it's, that's going to be, that, that's a challenge. Um, cool. One of, the, one of the things that we do have going for us is we're Americans. So with the Japanese, they, they have a very mask culture, not mask, but like your facial, that, what you present to other people. And they, they present themselves as having everything together, that I can do it. I'm, I'm able, capable, and I do not need help from anyone else. And when they meet other Japanese people, they put on a really, really heavy mask, and, and they don't have real relationships because they don't want other people to see that they're, they've got weaknesses, that they're, they're hurt, they're lonely, they have, have stress. They want everyone to think that they're happy because they don't have any, there's no foundation. So there's we're worried about what other people think. So being Americans, we can kind of cut through some of that mask because we just don't know. We, you, I don't know what the appropriate response is to whatever it is. So, um, but but they, I, I've been encouraged that um, they speak more to Americans. Um, so that's that's one of the advantages. Um, that's about all the advantages we have. <laughs> We've got cute kids. You want to talk grandmas in every cult, for every culture we've been to, cute kids attract grandmas. So, cute kids. Um, the other advantage. If you really want to see what's going on, follow my wife on Facebook or Instagram. Or it's more Facebook right now. Facebook right now. Yeah, so Japan is still 1%, less than 1% Christianity. One per, less than 1% Christian. And that's f a lot of people that are not, that don't know the Lord, that don't know the truth, that don't have opportunity. I, I talk to a, a lot of people, and some of them are like, what's a Christian? Uh, how much time you got? Like, <laughs> like, they just don't know anything about it. And... They're, they're all of the mentality because of all the religions. And what I've discovered through learning about other people's religions, because you have to listen before you can be heard, is all of the other religions, as far as I can tell, are all works-based. If I'm good enough, if I can get rid of the bad in me, if I can and work, 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 and get be better, be good, then maybe I'll make it. And even for the Japanese after they die, they have a certain set, number of days that you pray for them as they make a journey up a mountain and your relatives that are still alive have to pray for you so that you'll make it and they have to bring you food and offerings at their little um butsudan little shrine or temple inside their house um so they they're just they just don't know the truth they don't have opportunity for the truth so we're, we're working on a couple of different things for for outreach We've been doing concerts for Christmas and Easter. Um, we were going to the park and handing out tracks in this, this next three or four months leading up to our normal Christmas concert. Uh, I'm going to be, we're hopefully going to be trying to reach out to different groups of people. Uh, north of us for prayer, this is, if you want to write down things that you can pray about. Um, north of us is a town called Chiba Newtown, and it has at Google and Amazon, which only hires English speakers. 
they can speak Japanese too, but they, they, <laughs> there's a English so they can communicate with the people within those organizations. Um, so there's a, a large pop possible population in the area that speak English. And I'm trying to figure out how to get to them and talk to them and hang out with them. Um, and it may be me going to a train station and trying to make friends or I don't know if the, I doubt they'll let me in their building, but I may try one day. Um, I've met a couple and I've been uh, doing Bible studies with them. Um, but I've emailed all the churches in the area and zero of them do church in English. There are no English speaking churches in that area. And so that's the one thing that we kind of have going for us because in, in that regard, um, so they have some place to come and fellowship. Another place I'd like to reach out to this next three months, uh, there are these people called ALT's assistant language teachers. And they're foreigners that come in that are native English speakers that come to each of the schools and they teach or assist teaching English to children in, in all schools. So every school has at least one of these. Um, and just last year, it was just in the middle school and high school, but they realized they've got a big problem with English. So they've been trying to figure out how to make the population really more English fluent. And so they've moved all these English teachers into the elementary school. So there, there's another large area of people to try to reach just for fellowshipping. And I want to invite them out after church or to invite them to church and then to like a game game afternoon or something just for fellowshipping. Because it is pretty lonely if you only speak English or or whatever other second or third language you have. Most of them don't speak Japanese. Most people are there for 10 or 12 years and never pick up Japanese because it's so different than Latin-based languages. Spanish and French and English kind of relate. Japanese and Chinese and Korean don't really relate. It's difficult. Yeah. And um, there's also a military base nearby, a Japanese military base that I'd like to reach out to, um, try to figure that one out too. Another one of the challenges that we have against us is they don't really like religion, or at least people that really like are into religion. It's very standoffish to them. Uh, in the 90s, a religious cult set off a bomb in the Tokyo subway, and that still gets brought up. And I'm just like, oh, sorry that that happened. Like, were they Christians? No? Okay, well. <laughs> and then just recently, um, Prime Minister Abe got assassinated by a guy, ex-Japanese military, with a homemade firearm. Uh, and he's somehow associated with some sort of religious cult. So that's that's going to be fun. That's, that's, uh, that's, again, challenges. They just group us all into the same. You, oh, you, you're religious. Oh, okay, that's bad. And that's kind of how they think about religion in general. Um, I invited a lady to church once. Um, she avoided me, physically avoided me for three weeks. I, she walks another kid that's in Ezra's grade. She'd turn off the path when she saw me coming. Not funny, but it's funny. Uh, she she does talk to me again. Uh, we slowly have gotten back around to it. Just 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 that's just how it is. They're just so against it, uh, so against God, so against something they don't know about, but they perceive as dangerous or weird or strange. Okay, anything you want to add? So uh, we're going to do question and answers. Hopefully I've, I've given you a whole lot of stuff that you don't have to ask questions about, but I can give clarification. I'll answer whatever interesting odd questions you have, and we'll be around afterwards, and you can meet our kids. They'll be the ones running up and down like crazy with blonde hair. 
water. Uh, I think someone's going to get a microphone, or I'm going to hand mine away. Oh, there it is. So, any questions? I, I honestly, floor is open. But for the recording, that's the only reason I use a microphone. you know, to the degree that whatever their mindset pervades, they're like putting on a front, that it's also what shapes the Japanese people is what, what the way I act, how does it make my ancestors look? So that naturally, you know, if your grandfather, your late grandfather was, you know, a card carrying Shintoist, you know, that was actually then an impediment because for you to change religions, you know, could be seen as dishonoring the family tradition. It's almost like a caste system mentality. I'm born into Shintoism. Have, have you, did you counter a lot of that? And is that accurate, you know, rough assessment? Yeah, it's pretty accurate. Um, they do, again, ancestor worship. You have to pray for to them. They believe the Shintos, Shintos, the people that worship, the, yeah, um, they people when people die they can become gods. So the emperor used to be considered a god, and so that got taken away uh, after World War II. Um, but yeah, they worship people. That people um, they worship mounds. They worship trees. They're really not. They're really okay worshiping whatever and anything. Even bridges will have like little like Buddha statues on either side of the bridge. Then they knit little red hats for them. It's like kind of whatever will bring them luck, whatever will make this better and prosperous. They just put like you'll have a field and there will be a little shrine in the field. And it's just hoping that this will make this better, that things will grow. It's just putting hope into nothing, really. It's just and they're all about they'll mention luck. Oh, that's good luck or that'll be bad luck if you do this. Ancestor worship, yes, that happens. They may not describe it like that, but but they do. Um, and to different degrees. The younger generations don't believe so much in the older way, so they'll do it out of obligation, but they don't really believe in it. I, I have a lot of talks with people that like, we just we just do it. There's nothing to it. Like we just, this is what's expected to me for me to do by my grandma. Um, and they are a huge shame honor society. So that is a big big deal. It's a big big problems. Uh, one lady in our church, um, her mom doesn't believe. Her dad did, her brother did, she does. And there's always the talks about what do we do? What do we do? Because they're supposed to pray for them after they die. And and if you don't get prayed for, you don't get remembered, it's a big problem with their religion and stuff like that. So, so I don't have an answer for that because how much of Christmas do we do that's not Christian? That can be seen as other ways, but how much for, for some of us that are on Wednesday nights, how much of it is rooted and centered in Christ? And how much is it just, you know, 
meeting with families and doing things with families. And, and so we have to really lean on the Lord to speak to them and try to teach them to listen. I don't I, to, to listen to the Lord because I don't have the answers for them in their situation. Um, they just had a holiday this past weekend called Obon, which is kind of like Japanese Day of the Dead. They all go back to their, their familiar homes with their families and they'll go visit the local temples and shrines and remember, remember dead loved ones in kind of a worshipy kind of manner. And don't go worship any other gods. Rule one. Rule two, let the Holy Spirit lead you. Can you go up to the temple but not in? Can you not go on the parking lot? Do you stay home? What do you do? And there are some very clear rules and then there's I taught on Romans 14 um, about other people's consciences and stuff like that, and I don't know the answer and, and being very, very clear on that. Um, because how much of a witness can they be to their relatives in these times? They could either abstain and never go home because there is this distance that they're not accepted, they're not a part of the family anymore because they worship other another god. Um, so I, it's just individual, I don't know. I, that's a big question that that is always there. Did I answer your question? I had a question for you about the hospitals there. Do you have in the area where you gave birth? Do you have silent birthing rooms? Mine were C-sections. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. I thought that was maybe the part where you would be able to tell the ladies why it was so different to have children in Japan versus in the U.S. Oh. Uh, how different? It's pretty different. I mean, I don't understand anything they're saying. And okay, oh, what's your question? So when we we actually being prior military got orders to Atsugi, and we were given books and everything. And one of the questions was, do you expect to have children in Japan? Because in especially the Atsugi area, they have silent birthing rooms where if you scream or make noise, they will throw you out of the hospital and set you at the curb. And we had a military spouse who was so traumatized that her husband got hardship orders back to the US. So I was I was kind of wondering if you went through that when you had your children in Japan, or I've if that was not the that. case in the area there. Never heard of that. No, no, that's new to me. It must be the area then. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty harsh to a friend of mine, though, whenever she had her cesarean. And it was very traumatizing and awful. And actually, two two friends that I know that had very traumatizing C-sections. I had a great one. I had great experiences. Both are mine. Both of mine were great. So it can, I guess, depending on, I'm not sure what it depends on, but it can be really awful and they can be really mean to you, I guess. Tell you to suck it up because they don't, the pain tolerance thing for them, they don't give you anything. But for a surgery, of course they do. So I don't, I'm not sure about that. She also got a week off from having to raise kids and just got to recover in the hospital. That's different. They kind of kicked us out. You know, we went in Friday, kicked us out Sunday here. And then in Japan, it was a whole week, eight days. They check her in the day before and yeah. They give you a great recovery time for a C-section is what he's saying. I didn't go home in pain, it was awesome. All right, one more question. Technically, it might be two. <laughs> okay, okay, Pastor. <laughs> then I won't ask this. I was going to ask, 
what's the worst translation that you've ever done? But no, that's not my question. That's the hypothetical one that you can answer later. The real question is, what's the biggest spiritual growth? Like, do you have that time, that moment to where God really showed you something and it was kind of like, ah, or is this kind of a along the journey kind of a growth thing because i from spending time with both of you all I, I sense growth and closeness with the lord mostly kara jed <laughs> <laughs> yeah i had a lot of growing that i needed to do so it's true yeah going into the mission field uh, those are weird words for me like missionary uh what was the other one a pre pastor's wife what like just so many things that i never would have thought that I would ever say about myself. It was not on my radar. And then that's what I am now. So when he was calling us up for the missionary spotlight, I'm like, what, that's not me. <laughs> so um, I didn't know what I was doing going. I knew that I was called, but I had no idea what I was doing. I did not feel spiritually like ready for anything, but that's what I was following my husband who was called. And I knew that was the right thing to do. And I love the Lord, but I had no idea I was sharing wise. So God, you know, putting us into 2020 in another country where we only had each other grew us. I mean, I think that's a make or break thing. And that grew us in our marriage. It was a good thing for our marriage. We grew closer. We're friends now, <laughs> better friends now. Um, well, here he has so much time with friends. He has a lot more time with friends here. He talks spiritually to other people, not so much to me. So then I got to talk to him spiritually. It was a different level of growth for us. Um, so it was very good. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to be. Okay. Okay, okay. Um, so I feel more grounded in my faith, more confident than I did before I left. Even though I was leaving as a missionary, I didn't feel like I was anything like, I, but now I feel like, okay, I can stand firm in what I believe. I know what I believe now. Cause it, that first church we were put into by God really, <laughs> really made us dig in the word and help us to, to understand what we truly believe because they weren't teaching truth. And so we had to figure out like, wait a minute, what is it that he's saying? And what do, what do I need to, and how do I have this conversation with them? Yeah, there's been a lot of spiritual growth. 2020 was really the big one, which was, I just want to read the word of people, I want to share with people, and I'm being told no by the authority in the church that I should not, I'm not, not allowed to. So by the end of that year, I was having secret Bible studies with Japanese people in my house and meeting with the same guy that I got in trouble with and just trying to share the word and, and helping other churches that or seemed a little more normal with their missionary work and stuff like that. So like, yeah. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm all in. Like, I don't know. I grew a lot there. Now, as a pastor, there's a lot of growth. There's a lot of breaking. There's a lot of hard things that one has to do as a pastor that I've not been trained or equipped for. Uh, the Lord's Word is all I have, and it's pretty good, but it leaves a couple gray spots <laughs> that I have to kind of navigate. Um, so, yeah, it's been kind of hard growing. It's been, again, what do we do? We, we cling to the Lord, we cling to the Word, and we we just say, Lord, I don't know what's going on. You do. I, you take care of it because I can't. I have no idea how to fix this. I have no idea what tomorrow's going to hold. I have no idea what this meeting's going to be like. So just clinging to the Lord.
we can talk about funny translation stuff later. Google Translate. Well, like they said, they're going to be around um, this evening, so you can keep them, you know, inside, outside, wherever you want, as long as they want, as long as you can, to ask them all the questions. Well, I won't turn the light off. My kids will. So, <laughs> but uh, when do you guys leave again? What's the day you fly out again? Leaving Paris on the twenty-third. Flights at seven a.m. on the twenty-fourth. Okay, so we will uh, pray for them now, but you guys can be praying for them as they are here. And be praying for them on the 23rd as they travel and the 24th as they get ready to head back to Japan. But uh, again, they're going to be around a little bit longer for us to love on. So love on them. Ask the questions. Pray for them individually as you can. But but as we wrap up tonight, I want to pray for you guys um, as a body together. And then um, we can go get your kids if you have kids. And then love on the Irwins. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you are the God of the whole world, that you... um, Father, you're not just the God here in Paris, Texas, or in Japan. Lord, you lead our lives, and you knit our lives together um, through your blood, Jesus, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. We were able to serve you and see you work. And God, I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful for what you are doing in the Irwin family and through the Irwin family, God, as you are doing a great work, um, as you have been for the past three years, Lord, just working in them and moving through them, Lord, through all the challenges they've experienced, um, through all of the uh, experiences that they have walked in, Father, as a family, a growing family, and as well as a family who is pouring into lives that you um, desire and want to see just glorify you. Father, we just thank you. And we ask that, God, you would just move and continue to move and work in their lives, that, Father, you would work in them and give them everything that they need. As we know from your word, you give us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of, of you, Jesus, as you've called us by your glory and virtue. Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you that you've called the Irwins to Japan, that you're working through them and in them. We ask that you continue to do that, anoint them for the work, and lead them by your Holy Spirit. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.